0: I think the main thing to recognize is while you might have a different way to do it, Mm -hmm. my way or your way might not be better. welcome to hi mom let's talk this is our mom and daughter podcast i'm ingrid i'm the daughter i live in new york and i'm vicky the mom i live in los angeles we're figuring out life from opposite coasts doing our best to cultivate a raw and transparent relationship that is also generous and safe so mom
1: let's talk hi mom hello ingrid Let's talk more about communication, our favorite subject. <laughs> it's always a subject. And uh, today we're going to sort of revisit a topic that we have talked through before.
0: Yeah, we thought it would be valuable to go back and listen to some of the topics we have covered before and see how relevant they still are. Turns out they still are They're relevant because relevant. new situations arise, but same communications situations arise. That's why people teach communications in college. Yeah. And go
1: back to it. Over and over. I mean, there could be an argument for every self-help book just being a communication guide. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) For oneself or interpersonally. So today we are uh, incorporating a lot of an episode that we made a while back about feedback Mm -hmm. because we were really inspired and and, uh, reminded of some of these conversations that we'd had during our three-week interview with Nellie Harden. Yes. One of the things that I was most struck by in Nellie's conversations with us Mm -hmm. is the way that she talked about, you can start better parenting habits at any point. You're never too late. Start them when you find them. That said, the earlier you start something, the more that it can be implemented. Mm -hmm. And I was really struck by the way that she was clear with her children as soon as possible through their childhood, about how important their, you know, each child was as an individual who was like participating and had an equal amount to offer the family Mm -hmm. that she did. It's easy to be like, I'm the mom, I'm going to give to you, which is an incredible thing that moms do, but Mm -hmm. we've worked through so many conversations that ended up revolving around me slowly realizing that I need to step up to the plate and that a relationship takes two sides. And so let's step up Mm -hmm. and, and give just as much to the relationship. And she Mm -hmm. had some good stories about the way that she was training her daughters in that much younger in life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like her project is called 6570 Project. And that's theoretically the days that you have from zero to 18 as a parent. Yeah. As when your child turns 18. And it's a great reminder, though, also that you can start at any time. It's, It's never too late. And you keep parenting after that. But your prime parenting communication time to teach these skills is in that time. One of the things that I love that she pulled out is the whole concept of being self-led. Mm.
1: Which is sort of like her words for the way that a child would pull their own weight in the family.
0: Yeah. In um, giving feedback and communication, having a give and take, not a um, yeah. monologue or a soliloquy right. or a totalith- or dictatorship. <laughs> Some of the different terms that people could use to describe the way some parents, authoritarian versus authoritative. I can speak to you with authoritative voice and not be too permissive or negligent, but also not, I don't have to be authoritarian, do what I say or else kind of. Right. When, right. We have spent. A lot of time talking about
1: the fact that there's like transitions in that when you're really young, you have to be a more authoritarian mm-hmm. because that deals with your safety. Right. So the question is really like, how quickly do you start asking your child questions, sharing with them your own vulnerabilities or like insecurities or questions in the world, allowing them to care for you the way that you care for them? I'm interested In how quickly you can get to a two sided relationship in a lot of those ways.
0: Yeah. And I think one of the things that we talked about in the podcast that we're bringing forward again today is the concept of having a level playing field Yeah, and kind of like sports being an outside conversation topic, which is a Mm. reason actually to have hobbies or a quest or uh, something that you do around the house. Where you don't have one expert and Uh one novice, but you're like equally coming to the game. So, you know, you could both everybody can be the Monday morning quarterback or everybody can weigh in on which player they like the best on the team, you know, and that's very mutual. And I think that that is helpful in cultivating feedback.
1: It's also just helpful to recognize or a name when someone is an expert. Which is something that Nellie talked about when she told the story of her daughter coming back from that two-week trip. Mm -hmm. She said, this is an experience that you have that I don't have. Mm -hmm. You just went out for two weeks. And so let's just name as you get in the car after this two-week trip that there's going to be a disconnect here for a minute because we have two weeks of very different experiences. And you've grown a lot in your personality and your context. And naming that at least hmm. Like gives really like elevates you as the expert here to invite you in for this time. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there'll be situations where I'm the expert. But as long as it's like named and agreed upon between the two people in a relationship, you mm-hmm. can have a give and take and and uh, just be more cognizant of that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and the former podcast that we're going to share, I also liked the co- contrast between intention—what mm. is said with what the intention in which something is said—and yeah. the reception in with which something is received, and whether it's considered a judgment on character or um, the language that you use around making a statement, right. um, using a how statement versus a why statement kind of thing.
1: That's where I mean the beauty of talking to Ellie for three weeks is that we did talk so much about the sixty-five seventy that. that that mm-hmm. first 18 years but really our heart you and me is tackling the post 65 70 mm-hmm. and how how do we transition into like real adulthood relationship mm-hmm. turns out giving feedback to each other as adults and not as just mom and daughter mm-hmm. is a weird transition and yes. that's what we tackle in this episode yeah. so now we get to build off of what we've talked about for the last three weeks with Nellie mm-hmm. um and and hearken back so I I don't know, there might be a, a thing or two in the podcast you're about to hear that has like a timestamp. I don't remember exactly all the things we talk about, but for the most part, you should just be able to take it in as usual. Yeah, we hope you enjoy this this previous conversation we've had about the importance of feedback and, and just the way that we're grappling with how to do it as adults.
0: Yeah. Enjoy. Sharing feedback with each other. What made you think of
1: this topic, Mama?
0: Well, I've had a few instances this week where I received feedback from different people in my life. So I thought about it and I also participate in the Big Life Journal weekly emails and they have free printables. And their printable this week was on sharing feedback with your child. And I thought that that would be a great conversation because it's difficult. It's difficult as you age age knowing how to share feedback with you ideally it's something you learn as a parent with a younger child and then you just continue to live out healthy sharing of feedback but it's easy to give feedback to a child, which might not be very positive for the child to receive. I think it can raise lots of problems for children when you share feedback in kind of an authoritarian way or a passive aggressive way or a sarcastic way. And then when The tables are turned when you become an adult as a child. (laughs) You have more opportunity to share feedback with me, and you may share feedback in the way that I shared it with you, and I might not like it very much. And you might be, well, this is what I heard, this is how you shared it with me. So it's definitely a place of growth. I thought we could talk about that. What's your reaction to feedback?
1: I'm glad that you couched it that way. That's helpful context for me. It is true that I think as a child, your parent has a lot of space for unsolicited advice or whatever, because you're too young to ask for it really. And like, they need to do that to show you the way the world works. But because we're fallible, it's easy to maybe not always have that be kind. Mm-hmm. I hadn't really thought about that immediately when you said feedback. But you're right. That could create some baggage mm-hmm. as a child growing up. I'm sure that there are examples of me turning around and giving you feedback in a way that you didn't like, but then realizing, oh, that is the way that I give feedback sometimes. I wonder if there's a way for like a young mom or a mom of a young kid to practice asking, Mm. can I give you feedback on this? Because that was definitely a tricky thing that we had to, I mean, we still are dealing with it, but we really had to deal with in college was me not wanting to hear any of your um, advice or perspective. And so you and dad have gotten into a good habit of asking if I'm ready to hear it. Do you want my perspective on that right now? you know, can I give you my, my feedback? I heard a story once, this is a different example, but I heard a story once of a mom who was extra passionate about making sure that her child never felt like she was obligated to give physical affection to anyone. And so even with her own child, she asked it of like a two or three year old young age, can I hug you? Can I give you a kiss? Even though it was her own baby so that her child had the option. And then if she was like, no, not right now, she would respect it.
0: Mm. I've heard a mom say that this year. She's teaching her child, you're in charge of your body and I'm in charge of keeping you safe kind of thing. So you get permission to tell me if you don't want to hug. Which is respectful and to a degree, hopefully parents understand when their child doesn't want to hug. I don't think I thought about it. I'm not sure that I taught you guys. I think that that is going a step further. I think that seems valuable.
1: So I feel kind of similar about the feedback thing. I bet you could pretty young actually say like, are you interested in my thoughts for this right now? As long as it wasn't a situation where they were in actual danger.
0: Yeah. Well, again, that goes back to keeping you safe when you guys were little. We didn't have the language of giving feedback as much as the language of just obey what I say kind of right away, no delay. So it's a little bit of a perspective shift.
1: Well, that's interesting because I do think there's a difference between feedback and obey.
0: Right. Yeah. Truthfully... My perspective on the whole concept of obedience is different than it used to be. It's definitely shifted.
1: Well, there are things that can be cut and dry about obeying. I mean, if you give me a command, then I'm supposed to obey it. But you're right. Going, going into adulthood, I suppose there are things that would have been commands as a kid that now just have to
0: be your perspective. I would say you need to obey my words if I'm keeping you safe. And that's non-negotiable. But there's a lot of things in life. I think you could look at it in under the perspective of is this a negotiable or a non-negotiable situation right. and wherever something is negotiable then I think it's honoring to ask someone may I give you my feedback right now and give them the control to say no I don't really want to hear it if you ask permission and you learn how to give feedback in an honoring way I would say that people would say yeah mm-hmm. you're a safe person you're not going to smush me <laughs> when I ask for feedback.
1: The, the, the very fact that you are asking if you can give you feedback makes you a much safer person.
0: Which is powerful. I think the timing is important. And the main point they recommend here is pause before you give the feedback and, and reflect. Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it kind? And a lot of times things can be true and helpful, but they might not be kind because you might want to be just like nitpicky. And and if you find yourself getting nitpicky, I think you've like slipped in the kindness factor.
1: (laughs) That's hard. I do that even with people I'm like training at Trader Joe's. It's hard to give up that control when you feel like you have a better way to do it.
0: The second point they put in this article is uh, focus on how, make a how statement. I, Mm -hmm. I love how you did this. Totally. Could you do this too? The other thing, and we might have mentioned this in another podcast, this is what I love. This is what I like. And this is what I have questions about parameters right there around giving feedback is really helpful, Yeah. but it's so easy to be knee jerk to jump in i think the main thing to recognize is while you might have a different way to do it Mm -hmm. my way or your way might not be better not to put an evaluation on it's just different it might not be better That is something that a parent has to grapple with as their child grows and finds ways of doing things in the world. And you also have to grapple with as you turn around, you know, and become proficient in something that I might not be proficient in.
1: Right. Maybe just because you're being passionate about it.
0: Supporting a growth mindset is another one. Focus on the process, not on the end and praise the effort and the hard work focus on actions rather than personality, and then model it. Of course, we're at that stage in life where the model it is more of a pendulum back and forth.
1: It didn't land with me a minute ago, the praise, the how, but the more I think about it, I can understand why that's so important because when you say, I love how you did something, or when you offer your perspective on how to do it, it is a lot more tangible. I I do feel that there's probably a lot of times where whether or not This was the intention, the reception of someone else's perspective to you is a like sounds like a judgment on your character. Yeah. How come, you know, why didn't you think about it this way? A little bit of like, this makes you a bad person because you didn't already know this. And that's usually just the reception. Right. But if the sender gives a how statement, I have an idea about how to get to your goal instead of why you would get to that goal or if that's the right goal. It might be less easy to misconstrue. Right.
0: The other thing they point out in this article is to give feedback on a behavior on actions rather than a personality so rather than saying you're always so rude saying what you said sounded rude to me Think of the specific situation, describe the behavior, describe how it impacted your thoughts and feelings. That is a more honoring way to give feedback and less like antagonistic.
1: Right. I have to say, I keep thinking about, as you're talking about this, how helpful preemptive conversations were growing up, shaping conversations.
0: Oh, formative conversations. Yeah. Formative versus reactive.
1: That's what you call them. Formative conversations. Because, I mean, yes, we would all love to be able to take 10 seconds to breathe in the middle of being annoyed by something and realize and like figure out how to say to the other person, it's not that you're rude, but I feel rude. I feel offended by this. But that's hard in the middle of things. I do think that growing up, often things that would have become triggers, sometimes they still did, because um, we're regular people, were helped by formative conversations. If we had a formative conversation as a family about the expectation of something, later, basically what you do is as a parent, especially, is give feedback for how well the child has met the expectation. But it's been it's already a, a two way agreement. So that there's so there's groundwork laid and it isn't quite so much ever about the child doing something wrong because or like the child being wrong personally, because you've already talked about the actions. Separate to their character.
0: Yeah, it is much easier when you do have formative conversations, which I think is what becomes tricky as we grow and uh, have relationship with an adult child, because those formative conversations kind of don't happen really as much. You just start living life, and it's kind of like learning how to give feedback to your peers.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so hard. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, I was thinking about giving feedback to an apartment mate.
1: Yeah, I just don't do it usually.
0: We have someone who lives with us, who has lived with us for three years. We call her our housemate and we love her. But there has been times, you know, like personal boundary situations where we've had to have hard conversations. And usually it starts in a text by the other person and or sometimes me. Interesting. And then we have a conversation about it. But it's always difficult. It's never just like easy.
1: <laughs> yeah. The hope is that only it only takes one. The first one's always the hardest to set the precedent. And then you can say, can we have another kind of this kind of conversation? Yeah. you have done it before. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think of, of things recently where we have had a sort of formative conversation. The example I'm thinking about is a kind of interesting one where I remember biting my tongue in the middle of being frustrated about this, knowing that that was not going to help get my point across and waiting until I was calm in another situation before bringing it up to you. Oh yeah. Which was about your driving style where I shared, I feel that you race to lights pretty often and I feel nervous racing up to lights. Do you mind slowing down sooner when I'm in the car with you?
0: Yeah, that is a good example. And it's a really delicate situation. And it's absolutely better if you share it when we're not in a car.
1: Because it was so hard. And I remember like almost being like, Mom, slow down, (laughs) which wouldn't have helped anything, but it would have been way easier to do.
0: Yeah, that is a great example of giving feedback, just being able to say it when you're not in the car and say, Hey, and then you're able to share. I feel the impact to me is I Feel nervous when you race up to lights. Right. Which
1: again is a great I feel statement, not a you are statement.
0: Uh huh. That is a great example. Mm-hmm. As we age, you know, as I'm sure I will be in the car with my dad at some point where I feel really nervous with him. And I know how my parents had to take the keys away from their parents and daddy's parents had to take away the keys away from their parents and say, you know what, it's time to stop driving. Yeah. One of the concepts they give here is, um, actively seek feedback and discuss how it made you feel.
1: That I think is extremely helpful for us too as adults.
0: Yeah, I know why I thought of this actually now. I remember because in my parent education classes, we had surveys that were sent out. So that seeking out feedback is delicate, but being able to talk about how it makes you feel, that is really valuable. I had to kind of talk myself through it saying, you know, that I want to receive this feedback, but it's hard to receive receive this feedback and I'd rather it all be positive. But if it was all positive, then I wouldn't learn anything. So
1: (laughs) good, good, positive self-talk. That's really helpful for us, especially like daughter portion of a mom and daughter relationship. As we grow up, I'm thinking about something that Dawn and Kari said in our interview with them and their mom about how important it was as the daughters grow up to reach out to their mom. Mm. And basically, just show, ha- have an invitation to show that I still want your input in my life. And it does get to be much more two way. So I think that's really important because I do need to find places to specifically ask for your mm. input. Because mm-hmm. if it's always you asking if you, I will receive, mm. then there's a like a weird power trip all of a sudden, like backward thing happening there. Mm about like what I will allow when no, it it needs to be a relationship it needs to be a conversation both ways, which means I need to ask for it too. Mm -hmm. And eventually you would ask for it from me. Uh, One of our good friends in Brooklyn, who I the people I lived with my first month, Mm. she and I talked a lot about that. About when her mom started calling her and saying, "What should I do? What kind of couch should I buy?" or like Mm -hmm. whatever it was. Yeah, little things where she kind of looked around and went, "Mom is asking me for advice." (laughs) You
0: know? Whoa. Yeah, I think that that's nice, and that does show that tables have turned a little bit. And Curls did demonstrate that to us that they ask each other and they ask their mom, and their mom asks them for input.
1: Right. I think one place I really appreciate that in our relationship is in our conversations about education. Yes. Especially when I was in education school and you are an educator and I was in education school and I was learning all of this stuff, you know, right in the forefront of all the different philosophies of education and the psychology of it. I love our conversations when we get into like nitty gritty, nerdy things about that, mm-hmm. because it feels like maybe because it's sort of a third person, third body subject, than like my personal life or your personal life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It feels like the most level playing field for us to talk through. It's so
0: fun. Mm-hmm. And you were, uh, yeah, actively studying it. So I thought that that was super interesting to talk about. I think that that is one of the things that makes uh, sense to, to have the third party a- outside activity <laughs> to talk about we just are more interested in interpersonal communications i would say there's a lot of people that talk about baseball and <laughs> <they> <laughs> and i can see the value and the enjoyment of getting into kind of a sporting event like that yeah or you know people do that when they talk about shows that they're watching that's true that's true sometimes i feel sad that i can't engage people in those kinds of ways some people might might say it's like shallow and surfacey, but i I don't think it is I think it's just a different way to engage people and it, and it can be really fun and and lighthearted and there is a place for that
1: I'm glad- that that has come up because i do find that when people hear about our podcast or i just talk about my relationship with you and with my family often a comment is like wow you guys are so deep like all i can talk to my dad about is baseball kind of a thing so i feel that next time that happens i I should make an effort to honor that too and say you know like that doesn't have to be a bad thing i guess it would be best if both kinds of conversations could happen but You don't have to poo-poo the third-party thing that's helping you connect because you're connecting.
0: Well, one place that we could do that – if we wanted to, probably it would be musical theater. We could geek out on that. Yeah, um, like that'd be a third party thing.
1: We've actually probably mentioned this before on the podcast, especially like, last year when you came and we did dance classes together. Mm-hmm. There are times that I remember that like you also love musical theater because in my my life you've just been like mom who has had a lot more on her plate than being able to like listen to a show tunes album. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's kind of fun whenever I remember that and we do have conversations back and forth.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Either way, you let me like nerd out and I appreciate
0: that too. When I came, we learned a combination for cats and that was especially memorable to me because it came out when I was in high school and I saw it when it came out. So yes, that was a deep connection.
1: I'm so glad that was such a perfect combination for the day.
0: Well, this is fun just to like take a little dip into thinking about feedback and how we give it and receive it from each other as adults. Yeah. The biggest information reminder to me was just the being willing to ask can I give you feedback rather than just giving it.
1: I think that's a great takeaway. I think to ask for on both accounts, the double Mm -hmm. ask, can I give you feedback and can I receive your feedback? Finding places for both of those things. I think that's Mm -hmm. great. It's a great takeaway. Definitely. Thanks mom. So that was our conversation about feedback It's really nice to revisit it. Actually, it helps me remember what we've already learned about our relationship. It's always good to remind ourselves of those things, mm-hmm. re-implement them, become intentional and focused about the way that we talk to each other again.
0: Yeah. It kind of, I feel like there's only so many lessons in life so many lessons you can absorb and um, right. digest and regurgitate.
1: But so, you know, <laughs> we were talking about study habits just today and how if you study something once you were going to forget it in a week. So
0: you have to review it yes, and keep coming back. There you go. And that is all of life. So thank you for listening to and thinking about Feedback, giving and receiving feedback. Yeah. Send us your stories on giving and receiving feedback. I would love that.
1: Yeah. Because, I mean, it's important for everyone. And I think like every family has a specific language, but the foundations are the same. Mm -hmm. That would be really inspiring. And I I would learn a lot from that. So you can email us for sure at talk at at highmompodcast.com Or you can Instagram message us. I'm there all the time as well. (laughs) All right, Ingrid. Have a good week. Bye, mom. Bye. Thank you for listening to Hi Mom, Let's Talk. If you liked hanging out with us, please rate and review us on iTunes. We'd love to hear your feedback and your support. You can find more relationship tools on our website, HiMomPodcast.com. If you'd like to suggest a topic or share your own story, you can DM us on Instagram at HiMomPodcast or write us through our website. Special thanks to Sienna Ryder
0: for editing our podcast.
1: Thank you for listening and we'll talk to you soon.